This is one reality we need to bear in mind. Our faith in the Lord will always offend others that believe or trust in something else. But when we trust in the Lord, although we may be surrounded by enemies, we have the Almighty God on our side. And having favor before the Lord is much better than to trying to have favor with people that will wind up hurting you anyways, whether you take on their gods and idols or not. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be explaining that idolatry brings about destruction. The sin of idolatry consists of mainly two types, the type that involves having in our lives other gods and idols, and the type that has to do with giving other things and people priority over the Lord. Both types bring about consequences, eternal perdition and destruction, therefore neither should be taken lightly. And if there's any kind of idolatry in your life, you need to deal with it conclusively through the Lord Jesus Christ, or else there will be no eternal life or salvation for you. Today's message is inspired on Judges chapter 6, verses 1 to 27. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord. Hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come, Lord God. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Blessed are you, O Lord God, forever and ever, for you are worthy to be praised and exalted. Heavenly Father, Holy God, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray, O Lord, for forgiveness and for your mercy, O Lord, for your continued grace, O Lord, through your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord, that you please help us to understand your word, help us to understand your will, help us to understand that there should be absolutely no idolatry in our lives before you. Heavenly Father, help us to lead lives that honor and glorify you, Lord God. To you be all the honor and the glory forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's key passage can be found in Judges chapter 6, verses 1 to 27. This is the word of the Lord. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up. Also Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would camp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no substance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, 
while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring up my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and an unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented it them. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the eleven bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it is still an Ophrah of the Abysrites. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it. And build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement. And take the second bowl and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. One of the main sins that brings about destruction at a personal level as well as with a group of people is idolatry. And unfortunately, when there is a majority within a nation that knows the truth and commits the sin of idolatry, then the entire nation suffers. As consequence, God allows for their enemies to come upon them along with other events that eat away at the prosperity and stability of a nation. This is what had happened with Israel in the passage we just read. God had done miracles with the people of Israel and of course he gave them his instruction, his commandments to follow so that they didn't have to guess anymore at what would please the Lord, but that they would know exactly his will so he could continue guiding them and building them up. Idolatry is the very first thing God addresses in the Ten Commandments. And it says it like this, And God spoke all these words saying, 
I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, what is an idol? Does idolatry just consist of statues or images of different false deities? The answer is that idolatry does involve that, but it also involves other things. Whatever takes God's first place. There are such things as other gods or idols that can never be in our lives, but there are other things that are turned into idols when priorities are in the wrong place. If we look first to idolatry as an imagery of other gods or idols that are made of material things, we read the following in Isaiah chapter 44, where it says, Those who make an image, all of them are useless, and their precious things shall not profit. They are their own witnesses. They neither see nor know that they may be ashamed. Who would form a god or mold an image that profits him nothing? Surely all his companions would be ashamed, and the workmen, they are mere men. Let them all be gathered together. Let them stand up, yet they shall fear. They shall be ashamed together. The word of God is very clear in that there are simply cannot be any other God in our lives before the presence of the Lord. We cannot look to other gods or deities and of course have images of them. And the word explains that whatever we make with our hands have no real value anyway. Even if you make images out of gold or silver, what can they do if there is no power, no true being that can perform any kind of work? The word says that they cannot hear or see because there is nothing in them. And so why trust in things that really have nothing in them and that were even created by the hands of men? It doesn't make sense. And to make matters worse outside of trusting emptiness, when a person commits this kind of idolatry, they are offending the one true God that is the almighty God of the universe that determines what happens with us here and now, and even more importantly, in eternity. This is what happened with Israel. They knew better. And instead of trusting in the Lord, they let their fear get the best of them. And they adhered to the gods of the people they live with, so they would not be offended. But the irony is that the very people they were trying to please were the same that would come back and hurt them. This is one reality we need to bear in mind. Our faith in the Lord will always offend others that believe or trust in something else. But when we trust in the Lord, although we may be surrounded by enemies, we have the Almighty God on our side. And having favor before the Lord is much better than to trying to have favor with people that will wind up hurting you anyways whether you take on their gods and idols or not. And as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can simply have no friendship with the world because the world will always be at odds with the Lord. The world is subject to the dominion of the devil and everything that belongs to him. And the word of God is very clear in this when it says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And so we cannot form an intimacy with the world because that is what friendship is. It is not acceptable to form intimacy with the world because we are at odds with each other 
and because we offend God with that. As followers of Jesus Christ, our intimacy must, of course, be primarily with the Lord and also with those people that follow and serve our same Lord, those people that are also God's friends, people that have their intimacy right with the Lord. This is what the Lord said about friendship with Almighty. Creator, love has no man than this, and to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. We become the Lord's friends when we obey him, when we follow what he tells us through his word. The moment the people of Israel chose to honor and revere other gods and idols, no matter what the reason, they were no longer God's friends, but rather they put themselves in enmity with God. Why? Because they were not obeying the Lord. And from a very practical standpoint, they were cheating on God. God uses marriage, for instance, as an example to represent our relationship with him. To those of you who are married, would you like your spouse to form other relationships with other people outside of your marriage? And you know what I mean. Would you like for him or her to have pictures of other people to gaze at and to long for? Are you going to even care about what the reason was for cheating on you when cheating is happening or if it has happened? Of course not. This is the same thing we do with the Lord when we get involved with idolatry. We are cheating on him. And what does God do when that happens? The only impractical thing that can be done when something like that happens. God says, if you want to be with that God or idol for that matter, then go ahead and be with them. Let them provide for you and take care of you, and give you the things you need. And that is precisely what God did with Israel. You want to keep the Amorites happy and follow their gods? Then I give you up to them so they can have their way with you. And so, what did Israel gain? They were left to people that only wanted to destroy them, and to gods and idols that can't do anything for them. And to make matters worse, God would surely not allow for any of them to enter his paradise when they died because they chose to trust and believe in that which cannot give any salvation. Can the devil give eternal life? Can idols or gods give people access to God's kingdom? Of course not. So do you understand just how much a person or a group of people lose by committing idolatry? And yet, some might still think that God is not good because he reacts that way. Really? Would you honor and cherish your cheating spouse, reward them for having relationships and encounters with others outside of the marriage? Does that even make sense? The answer is no. The other face of idolatry involves putting things ahead of God. This has to do with not giving God his first and rightful place in our lives. And this can happen with God's blessings when we turn those into idols by not giving God first place. This form of idolatry can happen with our spouses, with our children, with our friends, our jobs and careers, our belongings, with whatever we give priority over the Lord. This is what happens when we turn God's blessings into idols. The Lord must be first in our lives. Now, does that mean that there can be no room to love anyone or anything else or to devote ourselves to other things that we need to do? Of course not. But we must always give the Lord the priority over everything and everyone. He needs to be first. He needs to be the priority. His will needs to be at the very top of our list. When it comes to choosing what God wants us to do versus what other people want from us or other things demand, 
God must be first 100% of the time. In our key passage, we see a very good example of priorities, even within God's commandments. For instance, Gideon's father was an idolater. Gideon's father had an altar for Baal and a wooden image. And God told Gideon to tear down the altar and cut down the wooden image and to use his father's resources to do this and to make matters even more interesting, to sacrifice the second bull. Now, someone might say, don't the Ten Commandments say that we need to honor our father and mother? And is Gideon not honoring his father by doing these things? And the answer is that even though Gideon would be dishonoring his father with doing such things, he would still not be sinning against the Lord, even though he would technically be breaking one of the commandments because there is a priority to the commandments. God needed to be first in Gideon's life. God needed to take priority. So by honoring God first and obeying the Lord, Gideon was still keeping the commandments and he was blessed by God for it. Therefore, we see quite clearly that God needs to have the preeminence in everything. He needs to be first. And the Lord Jesus Christ explained this also when he said this, the first of all the commandments, which means that this is the most important, the one we need to get right, the one that has all of the priority, higher than any other commandment, is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Do you see how that works? This is how things should work if we want to truly please God. Gideon obeyed the Lord, even though he was dishonoring his father and going against his entire nation. He esteemed more important to do God's will than his own personal safety against all odds. And God was with him because of that. God had reached out to Gideon because he saw in Gideon's heart that he would honor the Lord first and that he would do his will no matter what, that his heart was with the Lord. And this is the final point and the lesson we need to take home. Our heart must be with the Lord in its entirety. The altar of our life is in our heart, in our very being. And within that, the Lord must be first. He must be Lord within our lives, which means that he is in charge, in command, and not partially, but rather completely, fully, without reservations. When we surrender our hearts to the Lord, then everything else should follow, our mind, our soul, and our strength from a practical and literal perspective because true faith and love are only realized through actions. So how does that work practically? And we need to think about this because the Word of God says this, but the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. So what does that mean? That our worship, our actions for God need to be with our complete being, with the center of our being fully surrendered and submitted to Him. True faith starts at our center and should come out as actions, as good works that exemplify such a faith. This is how we show our faith, our trust, practically. In order for Gideon to show his faith to the Lord, he needed to obey the Lord, which meant defying his own father and an entire nation, thereby risking his life, tearing down the altar, cutting up the wooden image 
and using his father's resources to do so. And Gideon did it. He counted the cost and found it within his heart that obeying God was more important than everything else, even his own life. And this was how God was able to use him to deliver an entire nation out of the hands of their enemies and receive God's blessing personally. If we want to find favor before the Lord, we need to have the same faith and courage to esteem God greater than anything and anyone, even more than our very lives. Why? Because in the end, that is only the fair thing to do. God is greater than us. There is none higher or greater than God in all of the universe, and we depend on Him for every single thing in our lives, even for the air we breathe and the beating of our hearts. Nothing happens without God say so. The Lord is God, and we need to acknowledge Him and treat Him as such for our own good, especially if we want to attain His eternal blessings and rewards. If a person treats God as something secondary, then they will never find grace before the Lord and will be surrendered by God to the very things and people they put first. And who is like the Lord? No one. Not one person or thing can do or give us what the Lord can. This is what the Lord says in Revelations chapter 21. He who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And so, if you want to be God's son or daughter, if you want to inherit all things, then fear the Lord, love the Lord, and put away anything that even resembles idolatry. Treat him as he should be treated for your own good, so he can be with you now and always. Eternal life and eternal reward can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Idolatry, no matter what form, whether it is the idolatry that has to do with having other gods or idols, or the idolatry related to not giving God the preeminence, is all wrong. And if a person does not deal with their idolatry conclusively, they will never find grace before the Lord. This is why it is completely false, the notion that all we need to do is just believe in God or Christ for that matter. Faith is nothing without action. Love is nothing without action. A person can say they believe all they want, but if their faith and love is not backed up by genuine action, before the eyes of the Lord, there is no true love or faith. God cannot reward words or thoughts. He wants to see love and faith realized through our actions, through good works. It is a good work to relieve ourselves of any and all gods and idols. He and only He must be our true Lord and God. Good works are also all those things that we do when we obey the Lord in our daily walk when making decisions, when living out our lives. The Word of God tells us this, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. And so we keep ourselves completely out of idolatry if we do things as to the Lord. If you love your spouse, you are doing it firstly because this is what God 
would have you do. If you love and take care of your children, you should do it because you want to please God. If you strive to excel in your career or your job, you should do it because you want to honor God with those things. Our main goal should not be because of money or prestige or whatever else other people strive for. The reason for why we do things should be because we want to honor and please God. Whatever we do, the reason, the why, we do whatever it is we do, and of course, good things. The priority, the why, should always be because we love the Lord and because we are giving Him the priority. This is how we make everything we do count towards eternity, because everything we do counts before the Lord. The Lord is keeping score. He sees and knows everything and will reward accordingly. For it is written, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And the word also says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. And so, for your own good, so that you make sure to receive God's blessings now, but even more importantly, God's eternal life and reward, do away with any kind of idolatry in your life and treat the Lord as the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I bless you, I praise you, I worship you, O Lord. Help us, O Lord, to be sensitive, Lord God, to any kind of idolatry that might be present in our lives. And help us, O Lord, to be able to do away with it, Lord God. Whether it is other gods or idols or whatever related to that, Lord God, please help us to do away with those things. And help us, O Lord, to give you the first place that you deserve. Because you are Lord, you are God, and we will owe every single thing to you, Lord. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to value you the way that you need to be valued, Lord God. Lord God, to you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.